Hey, pronouncers, welcome back to the podcast. Although this one's not really a podcast, it's a little more of a mini show. Right behind us, this beautiful space is Print Hustlers Conf 2021's space. And these fine gentlemen here are part of Made Labs, they're part of Bella, they're part of Printed Threads, um, Tom Davenport, and Brett Bowden. Just really excited because we are working together with Made Labs, and they're going to talk a little bit about what that is because it's a brand new concept but to work together to make print hustlers conf so so much bigger every single year more diverse um just more speakers just such a really cool event anyway thank you guys for doing this this was super off the cuff they're in from california and texas to uh be a part of this today thanks for having us to chicago it's great yeah. to be here yeah absolutely. your hometown absolutely so first of all what is made labs you want to go? This is, is this the first time you pitched it publicly? Wait, nobody has really heard about this publicly. Yeah, so. it's the best kept secret. Yeah, Made, Made Laboratory, uh, Made Lab is um, a development facility. Um, it's all about testing, product testing, whether that's equipment, um, apparel, consumables. Um, but then we're also doing a huge educational component there. So that's going to be both on-site and online education. And we're also involved in events like Print Hustlers. So we're super excited to, to launch that. That's happening. We're, we're officially launching in September um, to coincide with the Fort Worth Impressions Expo. Uh, couldn't be more excited to get that off the ground. That's going to be really, really exciting. Can I hey. tell them about the, my little sneak peek or no? You got a little sneak peek? You showed me. Oh, I don't remember doing that, <laughs> Bruce. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, this is a beautiful new facility. Like, is it open to the public or is it more of a It private? will be open to the okay. public, yeah. Got it. So this is just an unbelievable space that they've been investing a lot in. I mean, it looks beautiful from the rough, you know, little glimpse that I saw, but... Yeah, it's definitely... It's going to be a great, a great place, and I think... You know, Tom and I both have a big passion for educating our industry, and we've been doing it uh, through different sources over the last several years, whether it be the Ink Kitchen or um, like our shop talks at the Impression Show, or Tom and I both sat on the board of directors for SGIA for a while, and uh, we've just done a lot with that. So being able to kind of come back and create a place, uh, kind of a safe place for education and information uh, with uh, the people that are probably, you know, some of the smartest people in our industry is is really, really exciting. So it will be a place that any individual can come to for education, consulting, um, anything like that. And then, of course, um, we love putting on events and being a part of events. And so partnering up with you on Print Hustlers just seemed uh, to go hand in hand with our vision. Heck yeah. Yeah, we're super excited to just to make it bigger. Your background in motion, can you just talk a little bit about that and oh. being a part of motion, leaving motion, now yeah. Bella and everything else you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, the story there, as we talked about on your podcast, I guess it was a couple of years ago, yeah. um, is I started that business when I was uh, basically a child and <laughs> didn't know anything about running a business. I knew a little bit about screen printing at the time. And so it served as both, um, you know, a, a viable business that that supported myself and, and my family, but also kind of an education on uh, on the industry and on on business in general. 
that started out as a one man operation and eventually grew into, you know, roughly 40 employees out of a 50,000 square foot space. Um, a lot of moving parts uh, in that type of operation, uh, high end apparel decoration and distribution. I uh, eventually sold the company in 2018. Um, and then worked for the new ownership for um, close to two years and then went off on my own in 2020 uh, looking to do all sorts of new exciting things and then COVID hit and uh, had to recalibrate. Um, at that time I had been um, talking with the wonderful people at Bella Canvas um, and they brought me on board and so my experience there has been phenomenal. Uh, basically, I am a decoration specialist there, so kind of um, serving as a liaison from the Bella Canvas company to the decorator community, and I've learned so much. I get to work with so many great people. It's been an amazing experience. That's crazy. I bet that's impressive to see at scale, too. I mean, it's, yeah, me anybody who has facility. not seen the Bella Canvas facility it's, needs to go and do the tour because it's mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pick a building, and it's like, football field it's it's over a million square feet um and a thousand plus employees working in uh you know just just outside of uh, downtown los angeles and uh, again you have to see it to believe it very cool and and brett of course so you guys probably watched our most recent printed threads tour uh what you didn't know is that was the second version brett was very gracious to do it again <laughs> i didn't uh i didn't turn on the audio so it was still really fun, but uh, such an impressive shop that Brett runs there. And you also had a fun weekend. Yeah, just like any other print shop, we we like to uh, take on projects that are sometimes bigger than we can chew. And uh, we had a project this this weekend that was it was eight thousand shirts, three locations, and everything has to be folded, bagged, and tagged, and all that stuff. So. It, all, it doesn't always sound like a lot until you're in the middle of it, and uh, every every print location was like seven or eight colors. <laughs> it was insane, um, but we got it done, you know, and uh, we learned a lot from that process. I think the, actually the hardest part of that process, which is something that I'd never have thought about in length before, was uh, when a customer comes to you with a previously printed garment from another shop and they bring you their original art files, um, but the other shops separated them in a weird way and used interesting colors, and then the customer says it needs to match exactly. And there, there's got to be like a $1,000 fee on that match, you know? Yeah, it becomes an R&D project. Yeah, it, really. became, it became a huge R&D project before we could even go to print uh, with uh, four different shirts, so 24 four different designs. Um, I, one of the things that, the, that, that you just mentioned is the packaging component. 12 and different designs. Sorry, I haven't slept much. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the packaging that was required on that project, which um, I think that most, um, most screen printers are now dealing with, with things like packaging um, or distribution fulfillment. And what's really interesting, I think, in our industry is that we were all print shops, and now printing is just one of the technologies, right, that we have internally to get the job done. But um, it's no longer enough just to be a printer. You have to be 
great at printing, um, maybe some other decoration techniques, but then there's always packaging now required. And most print shops are doing, at, at least at some level, some sort of you know, distribution or fulfillment, whether they're doing e-commerce or um, shipping to an event, which can be a whole, whole other animal than just shipping directly to a client. Um, we're not just printers, we're decorators, we're distributors. Um, that's the modern print shop. Yeah, we talk about that a lot is that so many shops have turned into true fulfillment partners. Mm-hmm. And screen printing is just sort of a bridge to to where they're getting or for what the customer really wants. Were there any interesting, you talked about in the car, we were happened to land at the same time at O'Hare that you were gonna write a blog about this, about what you learned. Is there <laughs> any uh, TLDR points that? Well, I think a big one is just that, that time for R&D is it can be lengthy and you have to charge for press time because now we're going to set up an eight color job on the front and a seven color job on the back and they're all these different colors and of course they always print different than they mix in the bucket and uh, just all the time that that takes is it's crazy so um, it needs to be worth something and I think over and above that being able to know exactly hey we are going to fold and bag 8,000 shirts. What does that look like? Um, we've, we bag, we fold and bag stuff all the time, but like when you get in a pinch and you got to fold and bag all weekend, you're not using your typical staff. You're calling in friends and family or whoever's willing to work and they fold slower and and all, all that stuff. It's just trying to figure out like, Hey, how do we manage this project and get this project done without everybody just getting pissed off at each other? Mm -hmm. That's hard. (laughs) <laughs> right. And, you know, I no longer run a production facility, but um, I deal with a lot of print shops, production facilities. And Brett, maybe you can speak to this. Um, what is the staffing situation like uh, in this in this day? It seems to be a common issue that I hear from from most decorators. Yeah, I think staffing is difficult in general uh, for every industry. I think one thing that we've been somewhat lucky about at printed threads is we have always marketed ourselves not only to our customer but to our future workforce and so that has helped people like see us and think oh maybe that'd be a cool place to work or whatever so we have been able to hire through this another big benefit is people that were working um, in the service industry like food service or um, events in, in those types of industries where they were working on the weekends and working a lot of late nights have entered into an industry where they can work eight to five or whatever and suddenly they get to see their families at night and see their families on the weekends and so that's been a really cool thing where I, I'm hoping that we can retain some of those people that maybe don't want to go back into closing bars at two and three in the mornings and and uh the, the occasional times that we have to work extra hours or work on the weekend or whatever, they're kind of okay with it. They're because, used to that, right? Yeah, they're used to it. So That's crazy. We were just upstairs as we were touring the whole facility, and they can't reopen the restaurant because um, they can't find enough people to, to staff, even just a couple of days of the week. <laughs> and so they're starting one bar. It was like a couple of days. And then the restaurant's still closed, and hopefully in a couple months they can open. And they said even they have a ton of demand, but um, they haven't been able to find anybody. I've always said that the restaurant industry and um, the printing industry are very similar because we do a lot of custom things. It's often stressful. We're always up against deadlines in that scenario. And I think if you imagine that level of stress in the food industry, 
you've been in a restaurant that's short-staffed and the waiter or the waitress is running uh, you know, from table to table and forgetting things and they're, they're stressed out and they're having a bad night and the customers are getting mad. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like your typical floor manager at a print shop. <laughs> it, it, it really, really is. And if you think about that and then they come into maybe a different world, the people that don't crave that kind of stress, that, I mean, there are people that enjoy that, right? But for other people, the people that don't crave that kind of stress, maybe coming into a print shop where at least it might be stressful, but they know it ends at five o'clock is, is maybe welcomed. There's a couple articles out actually where uh, restaurants are paying for people to show up to interviews. They're paying bonuses <laughs> to start. They're paying, they're doing like mini job fairs. They're um, paying just for the first week of work, you know, just to entice, which we've dealt with a lot of competition in engineering world for a long time competing with Googles and Facebooks and Stripes. And now of course it's a higher tier, but, um, you know, if we don't have, uh, a very, um, competitive perk package basically with full benefits and everything else, I had one applicant actually, he was like, he asked me about the benefits though, before even learning about the company, I was like, okay, it's not a good fit. (laughs) You know, and he was like, you know, what do you, like, what does it look, I'm like, what do you want? Like a swimming pool and haircuts or something? That's what I want. (laughs) Not the haircuts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you never know. You know, I was actually recently um, uh, on site at a a printing facility in Sparks, Nevada. Mm -hmm. And Sparks, Reno, that area has um, traditionally been a great place to do business. Um, Low cost, uh, great labor pool. And, you know, in the last 10 years, it's changed dramatically there because you have these huge companies moving in, Tesla, et cetera. And now the labor pool has, has shrunk quite a bit, or it's at least much more competitive. And how does a small business now compete with these, these massive tech companies? You never know what's going to hit. Um, so again, it's, it's a huge topic of, of discussion these days. Totally, 100%. I don't know how much you can talk about from motion side, but mm-hmm. you obviously sold the business. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? And was that a planned thing or was it just things that came up? Um, there wasn't a lot of strategy behind it. If that's what you're, what uh-huh. you're saying. Um, it was a plan and that I kind of had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to sell for a number of years mm-hmm. before the sale. Um, and then it was just the right timing. Um, and I think being open to opportunity and making the opportunity. So, um, the, the gentleman that bought the company, um, had, I I never would have thought that, that his business would have been the one to acquire my business, Mm -hmm. but we were, um, together by, you know, chance meeting and having a great discussion and I kind of saw the opportunity and just threw it out there. Hey, would you be interested in doing something? And as it turned out, he was. And so, you know, again, not having a specific plan, not being highly strategic, but being open to that opportunity. I think that's how, that's how these things happen a lot of times. Um, you know, whether it's on the scale of a small business or even even with large companies, you know, you hear sure. these stories of two CEOs getting together and that's how great things happen. So when you were thinking about setting it up, were there certain things that you did for the business, like get it more organized or, uh, you know, put in management or 
Mm, no, I mean that was that was I guess always the plan to mm-hmm. a degree was was running the the business and kind of crafting the business with the idea that it would be sold. And I think that every every business owner should be running their operation like that, um, trying to to make sure that the business is not so uh, centered upon you know one or two operators or the business owner itself. Um, and, and making sure, yeah, that you have systems in place and that you have a sellable product is very, very important. How do you value uh, a shop? Is it a multiple of revenue? Is it EBITDA-based? I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. When you're talking about a company that is, is owned wholly by an individual uh, or a small group, it it really kind of comes down. You, you can you can do that. You can look at EBITDA. You can do multiples of, of EBITDA. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like this is my job. This is what I get out of it on an annual basis. And what is it to me personally? What am I going to get out of this transaction personally to make it worth my while? Um, and that's you know sort of the way that that I went about it. Um, we had you know a number of financial people. Um, from both sides look at the transaction and kind of put a value on it and we had actually a pretty wide spectrum um but ultimately at the end of the day it was what do i want to get out of it and then for the for the acquiring company um it was definitely a it, it was an asset sale but it was strategic in nature mm-hmm. so it's like what is what kind of a launch pad is is this acquisition going to be for for us for them to to achieve their goals in in the short term and the long term so if you can look at it like that like this acquisition is going to save them maybe three years in setting up their own facility or something like that um there's there's a a big value there right so that's that's the what they're looking at and then you know from my perspective i was looking at what do i need to get out of this business sure yeah makes sense just curious i was thinking about um as uh, you know, it's not very common. You're not selling Printavo, are you? <laughs> no, but it's not very common as for shop owners. Yeah. But you know, it allows you to do other stuff that yeah. I'm sure you're passionate about. And yeah, no, it's happen. it's it's been great, and um, it has. I would say the the interesting thing is that um, my my life post motion actually um, has become much more entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm which is really kind of my passion in, in life. So even the work that, that I do with Bella Canvas, um, it's very entrepreneurial. Um, Bella Canvas as a, as a company itself is very entrepreneurial. Uh, it's one of the things that I love about the company. Um, and you know, I get to work with other great entrepreneurs, yourself included, Brett. Um, so that's my passion in life. And, and I'm, I'm really glad that at this point in my career, I get to, to, um, experience that entrepreneurial pursuit it's awesome you guys want to talk a little bit about the just a taste of some of the speaker topics that we're looking at this year it's pretty cool there's a really big background that that these guys especially have brought to the table yeah yeah i think uh you know we we started pondering some ideas for speakers and um one thing that kind of came up was there are there's like half of our industry is sportswear and half of our industry is like music merchandise. Mm-hmm. And so Tom pitched a name uh, for a, a speaker that he thought would be really great because he's from Chicago and he's, you know, a, a crazy influential person in the music world. 
And so we took a shot on getting him, and it looks like he will be a great speaker at this event. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't even know if we can say his name. I think we should not say his name quite yet because we're meeting with him tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and so we'll seal the deal tomorrow. But I think that um, people who have a background in music, uh, whether they've, they are musicians or just fans, will be shocked when they find out who this person is. Um, and I, I think one of the things to keep in mind as people are, are looking at the Print Hustlers Conference is this is not a how-to conference right? This is not a technical conference. We want people to come here and to be inspired about their business and about their craft. And so we want to pull people from other industries, related industries, but other industries to, to do just that, to inspire us as the attendees. Absolutely. And so I started thinking about if, if we've got this, this great music, you know, mind, maybe we should get a great sports mind too that could relate to who who we are as printers and designers and and so uh, a, a friend of mine is his name's Todd Radham he's actually designed um, so many sports logos from you know Super Bowl logos to uh, to all-star game logos to you know entire sports league logos and uh, knows quite a lot about uh, sports merchandise as well and has even written a couple books. Um, uh, one of them are, uh, completely talking about ugly jerseys, <laughs> which I thought was uh, is pretty funny. So I think he'll he'll bring a lot. And uh, I don't know. We've got we've got just quite a good list going. Uh, Chris Blakesley, the president of Bella Canvas, is yeah, gracious enough to speak. We had him speak. on the podcast, too. We'll drop a link down below so you guys can watch so that. We're, we're in his hometown, so uh, yeah, I think he's very happy to uh, hang out in Chicago for a couple of days because he travels a lot. But um, for anybody who, who hasn't listened to Chris or hasn't met Chris, um, he's a brilliant mind, and he's going to bring a lot to this conference. Um, so can't wait to see what he's going to talk about. But uh, I know it's going to be awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, guys, if you haven't been to Pronosos Conf yet, we do have last year because we did it all online. We'll leave a link down below so you can listen to the whole playlist plus previous years. We film it, but honestly, half of it is being there with the community, with all of these other business owners, just soaking it all up and having a really good time. It's two days, October 22nd to 23rd here at the Ace Hotel in Chicago. We'll drop a link. All There's just so many links. <laughs> we'll also leave a link here for the tickets it will sell out there's 150 seats it always does um very fortunate about that In and it's fact, already a third of them are already sold right yes and within the first week so definitely reserve your space it's so beautiful here there's workshops that we're going to have upstairs there's a really cool bar setup that we've got going and then there's a rooftop bar for after um, we've got a boat tour. It's it's on another level. Grab your tickets soon. We're really excited. We will see you guys here October 22nd and 23rd. Thanks so much for doing this. I know Sarah's out there rocking oh, no. Augie, little Augie. But thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. I'm Bruce from Pentavo.